Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Thursday. This is the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me on what is supposed to be expected to be a pretty nasty weather day. Not a pretty forecast. Basically, it looks like from the Jackson area east and north going to be a pretty rough day. Uh, so if you in this listening audience, one of our many listening audiences that we have as part of the sports coverage on Super Talk, uh, please be safe today. I hope um, uh, I hope you guys are, are safe today and back with me tomorrow because I'm doing one today and I'm doing another episode uh, tomorrow after Ole Miss and Alabama baseball tonight. Um, so please be safe out there. It, uh, it might get nasty. Um, the weather guy on the news this morning did not very much like what he was looking at, so hope everything is okay across the state. But in the meantime, we're going to talk some sports. So again, welcome in. My name is Michael Borky, and you can follow me on all the social media channels, including YouTube. Just search that name. Hit subscribe to YouTube. Follow on Twitter and Facebook. Of course, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and leave a rating and a review. I am always glad that you're with me, and so is LB's, the sponsor of the podcast. Go by and see Greg and tell him we sent you. It's just across uh, from Kroger on University Avenue. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat statewide, but especially in the Oxford area. Uh, Old Miss is on the road this weekend, so get something to slap on the grill. Like I said, we got a bad weather day today, uh, but tomorrow you can watch your baseball. Beautiful weather, 72 and partly cloudy. So if you're going to put something on the grill, as you should, uh, start it at LB's. Or again, Monday through Friday, daily lunch specials. Uh, let Greg and the good people at LB's do the cooking for you. So a couple of things for you. I've got... Uh, Thoughts on Chad Kelly's Pro Day. Yeah, Chad Kelly participating in Ole Miss Pro Day. You've got uh, injury news on the baseball front. Of course, uh, the game tonight. By the time you're listening to this, this might be old news. But I will be reacting to tonight's game on tomorrow's podcast. So, baseball game tonight, reaction pod tomorrow. We did have some injury news and you know, quick thoughts on the series upcoming uh, with Alabama. And then a potential big breakthrough in the transfer recruiting news for basketball. And I uh, I recorded Lane Kiffin's uh, spring practice uh, press conference for you. And uh, I will play that as well. I cut out all the, uh, okay, we'll go to Nick. And then long pause. I cut out all that. So it's a, it's a quick listen. It's an easy listen. So if you want to hear from Lane Kiffin after uh, the first day of spring practice, I've got that for you as well. But Chad Kelly participating in Pro Day. And I did see some people online, not Ole Miss people, obviously, because Ole Miss people recognize just how special um, he really is, making fun of this. And I'm kind of mind blown by that. I think right now, uh, Chad Kelly is more talented than a lot of guys that are currently on NFL rosters. Uh, 
possibly even a starter in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a little bit hyperbolic, but if you want to talk about raw talent, just pure talent alone, Chad Kelly's got it, and he should be starting in the NFL. And if he didn't get chased out of a home with a vacuum hose, then he'd probably still be the starting quarterback in Denver. Yeah, I mean, that's his fault. You know, he's his own worst enemy and stuff like that. But why would you not do this? And that's what I wanted to say. I don't engage with people online. Like, I don't get into Egg Bowl Twitter and all that crap. I mean, there are people that are technically members of the media, although they don't act like it. Uh, that like get all into like talking shit to Ole Miss or whatever. And just, that's not me. I I think that's so lame. And because what I do is not just Ole Miss focused, that that would be a disservice to a a potential listening audience anyway. Like I've never understood that where if I have, you know, I I do radio in Mississippi. I'm part of a radio show. If you didn't know, Um, probably the weakest link of that radio show. At least I'm sure some people think that, but anyway, um, we have listeners that are Mississippi state fans. We have listeners that are LSU fans. They tell us all the time when I rip LSU, trust me. Um, or people that don't have an allegiance either way. You have, I mean, there are so many people in the state and I want to maximize my potential following an audience because I'd, I don't want to be doing this for forever. I, I would like to advance myself, right? And so the best way to do that is to not get involved in all that Twitter drama BS, you know? Uh, I mean, you see it all the time, and those people are going to be stuck here forever. And, that, and that's it's fine if that's what you want to do. I think that's a disservice to, to my potential audience, and it, it just would really set me back. So I don't get involved in all that. But I wanted to say to these people that were mocking Chad Kelly – what what's wrong with you? I mean, what are you talking about here? This is a great opportunity for him. Why would you not take advantage of this? Why would you not participate in a pro day? Oh, because he graduated years ago. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? There are going to be a bunch of pro scouts in Oxford. I think today. I think, but there are going to be a bunch of pro scouts in Oxford. Chad Kelly still believes he can be an NFL quarterback. I still believe he can be an NFL quarterback. Why would you not try out in front of them, throw the football around? While they're watching Elijah Moore, they can see Chad Kelly. DeMaurier Stringfellow also is going to be there. He can be on an NFL roster too. It's insane. And it, it, like I said, it's it's really his fault. I mean, he's got nobody to blame but himself when it comes to stuff like this. But raw talent, it's lost on people how good he was. Like, I saw some garbage article from Mike Farrell at Rivals talking about quarterback development at Ole Miss, and he had Mississippi State ranked ahead of Ole Miss as far as, like, quarterback destinations, which is insanity. Chad Kelly is one of the best quarterbacks to play SEC football. And people would roll their eyes at that, right? If they they didn't actually watch him or they don't remember or they remember the guy that ran onto a field when his brother was playing and and all that stuff. That's what they remember about Chad Kelly. They, They don't actually remember the play, and that's his fault. But when he was done at Ole Miss, he had a his his season where he was not injured, so the 2015 season that ended in a Sugar Bowl win, there was only one player 
in SEC football history that had a better statistical season than Chad Kelly. One, and it was Johnny Manziel. He did it twice. Better than Dak Prescott. Chad Kelly had a better season than Dak ever had. Chad Kelly had a better season than Cam Newton did statistically. Better than Tim Tebow did statistically. That's real. And because of the -the off-the-field stuff, that gets lost on people. But my goodness, I mean, this is a no-brainer. And if he's got his head on straight, he should be on an NFL roster. My gosh, if Andy Dalton can be a starter getting the QB1 treatment from the Chicago Bears, and of course Chad Kelly can be on a roster. I mean, that's an absolute no-brainer. There's no doubt. But anyway, um, I just I saw people making fun of that. I, I don't know what they're talking about. It, it, it's nonsense. People are so stupid. I, I don't know if you guys have learned that by now. No, people are so, so, so stupid. Um, he can be an NFL quarterback. He belongs in the NFL, I think. Talent-wise, he does. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. I, I mean, good for him. Good for him for swallowing his pride and in, in doing it. It's got to feel weird being a guy that hadn't played college football in, in a handful of years participating in a pro day. But good for him, man. I hope he's in shape and ready to go because I admire that, honestly. Probably takes a little bit of pride to swallow to go to participate in a pro day. Good for him. I hope he makes it. He's a hell of a player. And and for you Ole Miss fans, he lo- he loves your school, man. I mean, I know he's he's who he is, just like Marshall Henderson, right? But Marshall Henderson loves you. And so does Chad Kelly. He loves you. Um, so I hope he makes it. I really do. Uh, midweek baseball, I, I didn't record a post-game podcast after they beat Central Arkansas because, honestly, who, I mean, who cares? Even the people that were there don't really care. I mean, just win and move on. But the biggest thing you got out of that was was news. Uh, a couple of different news items. Um, Chatney didn't play. And hamstrings are kind of funky, right? You remember in the Sunday game where he was kind of getting looked at a little bit, didn't look like he was 100%. I, I was wondering about that. And uh, apparently, according to Mike Bianco, he didn't play just because he, he didn't have to. And they were just holding him out to to keep him rested and ready for a series that begins on Thursday instead of Friday. They didn't feel like risking it, but he's okay and, and all that stuff. That's what he said. So if you if you take it for its word, then that's a really good thing. Um, when I saw him out of the lineup, my first thought was, oh, that hamstring. It's just lingering. You know, it's still around. He can't escape it. But that's good news. According to Bianco, it's not a problem at all. Um We'll see. We'll see tonight. Uh, Doug Nikhazy is going to pitch tomorrow. He's going to pitch on Friday, uh, be the game two starter, threw a bullpen. Uh, apparently everything checked out great, and he's back in your rotation, which is a big, big deal for this team. And also Chofi. He's going to travel. Now, Bianco it didn't seem to, to think that he will be used as much as he might down the road, but he's traveling because he's available to pitch, which is great news. Now, Kale Baker's out for a few weeks, but I think at this point, like I said on the last recording of this, uh, Ole Miss found their lineup, and he's not included in it. I mean, when he comes back, maybe you pinch hit him some. I don't know. But I think the the lineup that you saw on Saturday against Auburn is the lineup that you need to see on a daily basis, and it doesn't include him. Um, 
so yeah, as far as after that, injury news is all good for Ole Miss. They're getting their two pitchers back. I think the lineup with Chatney back in it tonight. Uh, I'm recording this before Bianco releases that lineup, but um, I think this is the one that they need to roll with for the rest of the season, and it's all intact, healthy, ready to go. Um, they got bit by the injury bug hard, and it sounds like they're out of it right before a series where it's obviously a winnable series in a place where they've not really been that great lately. Tuscaloosa is kind of weird. It's been a weird place for them. But if they can start SEC play five and one, I mean, we did this exercise on the radio show, uh, you know, just looking at expected results from the weekend and where that would leave Ole Miss. I didn't pick a sweep for the rest of the way because it's so hard to do. You know, I just, I can't pick sweeps. Um, you know, one of my colleagues picked sweeps for Mississippi State for a couple weekends. I can't do that. Um, I just, it, it's the SEC. Um, it just doesn't happen very often for a reason. I'm sure it will, but projecting that, I, I, I can't do. But all we did was really just like 2-1, two, 2-1, one, two, one, and I was really conservative with it. And... If they can get two this weekend and start five and one, the the national seed conversation not only is a real one. I mean, of course it is. They're in the top five, but the national seed conversation becomes they really don't have to do anything remarkable. Win two at home, win one on the road for the rest of the season, and that's it. And you're a national seed. I mean, really, it's that simple. So this team... If they can get two this week, this is a huge weekend for them. If they can get two, and my goodness, if they can get three, um, then they have to do nothing remarkable down the stretch at all. They don't have to play above their heads. They don't have to get a sweep somewhere along the way. No, they just have to go to chalk, basically, do nothing remarkable, and that's it. So this is a big, important weekend for them to get off to a fast start with what you know is a really difficult schedule uh, ahead of you. But uh, they're getting healthy at the right time. Fascinated to see what this weekend's like for them in a place that they've kind of struggled with. Um, Alabama struck out 13 times against Southern Miss uh, the other night, and Brad Bohannon, their coach, had some quotes about how Southern Miss is a team that doesn't have the kind of stuff that should strike them out a lot, um, even though Southern Miss is the number one team in the country in strikeout-to-walk ratio, their top 11 and other strikeout categories. I mean, Southern Miss is a great team, but anyway. Um, it's a real opportunity for them to get way ahead of schedule going into the tough stretch with national seed aspirations on the line. They can do it, and we'll find out tonight. So we'll do a recap show tomorrow. It's um, So be looking forward to that then. Um, when it comes to this podcast and stuff, I'm more reactionary. Uh, than anything else, especially when it comes to baseball. Um, I've just only got so many minutes in the day. So I appreciate your patience today. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the series tomorrow. But that was just kind of an overarching thought. You know, big opportunity for them. They're finally healthy. It's a team they can beat for sure. They're ahead of schedule, or at least if they have a nice weekend this weekend, they'll be ahead of schedule. Everything's in front of them, blah, 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 blah. You know, all the big picture stuff. Looking forward to that, though. Um, huge opportunity for this team. And before I play the Kiffin audio, last thing for you. So I've spent a lot of time talking uh, about Kermit Davis and and this 
program and and how this offseason is a very pivotal one. This season upcoming is a very pivotal one for Kermit Davis, uh, and I think that there should be some pressure on him to perform, especially because the roster is going to kind of be overhauled again. I mean, you had more players into the transfer portal, regular starters that are coming back. I mean, you're now down to I mean, Jarkel Joyner and Schuler's gone, Buffin's gone, White's gone. There's not a lot there right now. They're going to have to depend on transfers. They're going to have to depend on an incoming true freshman. Hopefully he's ready to play. But if they can start here, this would be huge. So there should be pressure. I've talked about it before. I don't need to repeat myself. But if you can use the portal and get a body like this, That changes things, or at least I think it does. Jamin Brakefield is a guy that entered the portal yesterday, if you remember, in recruiting, because that's one thing Kermit Davis has done, is he has elevated the recruiting profile of Ole Miss basketball. There's no denying that. Um, is a guy that was down, really down to Duke and Ole Miss. He entered the portal. Most people think that he is Ole Miss bound. Now, it's not official. Um, there are other suitors for him, but that's, I mean, that would be such a great start. In a year that, like I keep saying, like you guys know, is so pivotal, right? Uh, Roster turnover, dependent on transfers, underachieved last year. This is a big, important year. If they can start with using the portal to get a talent like this, it is such a big deal because, yes, if you look at his stats, he didn't play very much at Duke. In fact, he probably made a bad decision to go to Duke. Um with the way they recruit, he kind of got buried. But this kid is is a big that is, is multidimensional. I mean, he's, he's more of a modern big. And if you're good enough to go to Duke and play for Mike Krzyzewski, then obviously you can play. And Ole Miss absolutely needs – one. He, they need a big after White's gone. But a dynamic talent like this just doesn't come around very often. Um, I mean, he's a consensus four-star player. He's six foot eight. He can, um, you know, he's really skilled. It would be a massive deal for Kermit Davis if he can pull this off. And most people think that he can. Um, just would be a huge deal. And like I had somebody yesterday tell me, well, I mean, he couldn't play at Duke. Why does Ole Miss want... Duke rejects. Um, Duke rejects are more talented than Ole Miss historically has ever been able to pull in. And I mean, it's, I would not, if you're one of those people that, I mean, people will Google his name when they see this guy's transferring to Ole Miss and they'll look at his stats and they'll be like, wait, why do we want this guy? He barely played. That's because he is a supremely talented guy that got buried on a team full of supremely talented guys. I know Duke wasn't very good this year, but you know Mike Krzyzewski. You know his track record, uh, his recruiting. If he signs a guy, he can play. He can really play. And Ole Miss has not been able to sign guys like this. If you can get a talent like this, it's a big, big deal for Kermit Davis. The only hang-up is if the uh, automatic transfer rule doesn't get approved and he would have to sit out a year. 
that would be a problem. Otherwise, this would be a big deal. And um, you could start changing the conversation a little bit from there's real concerns to if you get Brakefield and another couple more, hopefully a point guard for Ole Miss, uh, a guy that can shoot the basketball at a better clip than what you've got returning, uh, especially Ole Miss needs outside shooting. They needed a big, and they need outside shooting. Starting with Brakefield, adding a couple more pieces would change the conversation again going into this season. It still makes it pivotal, but my goodness, if you can turn over your roster and add talent like this, that would be a big, big deal. Big, big deal. So we'll see if it happens. And lastly, that Kiffin audio I promised. I, uh, I'm i going to talk to somebody that um, – is I guess you can call it connected to the football team here soon. Um, see if I can get any uh, you know inside thoughts on what's going on at spring practice. Um, I've been asking around. They keep it really tight-lipped there compared to previous coaching staffs, which I like. I know scrimmage will be – or not scrimmage, but practice will be open on Saturday, so we'll get a lot of information out of that for sure. Um, I'm going to go to one of those. I just don't know which one, but I'm going to go to an open practice. I think that's just great that they're doing that. So. Um, be on the lookout for that. But here's that audio from Kiffin. This was post-practice. He's asked about uh, the linebacker position, um, how Luke Altmyer looks, uh, Matt Corral having a real spring for the first time ever, stuff like that. So it's really good stuff from Lane Kiffin. He's typically pretty low-key in these settings, but there's some good stuff here. And so um, enjoy that. And tomorrow we'll be talking baseball. Ole Miss in Alabama tonight. We'll do a recap with you tomorrow. And in the meantime, y'all have a great day. Be safe out there. Here's Lane Kiffin, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hey, Lane, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, is the message to your team any different here as you start spring than maybe it was, say, back in August when you guys finally got started with all the COVID testing, getting ready for a season? Yeah, I think we're further away from that. Uh, so, you know, this is a lot of basic fundamental work that, that they missed. Depth charts are in pencil. You know, we're a lot further away than, you know, you are in August from having to play and get things ready. So um, this is an opportunity where we end up playing guys in, you know, a number of different spots sometimes, especially defensively with different personnels and looking at guys and, you know, just get guys better with the fundamentals of football. Um, you know, a scheme being secondary. You guys obviously had pretty good success last season, probably not as much as you wanted to have, but nationally you guys got a lot of acclaim, so there's kind of higher expectations externally around your program as you get ready for 2021. Is that something you, you talk about with your team? Um, not yet. You know, we probably will eventually. Um, you know, but it's good to have some energy around, and, um, you know, with that comes expectations. You know, as a team and, and as individuals, especially, you know, with some players like the quarterback coming back after, you know, which I'm sure there'll be a lot of preseason attention on that. So, you know, just um, trying to do a good job and, and helping guys learn from experiences that, you know, gone through as coaches or been in positions where teams or players have been, you know, expected a lot of and how that's been done well and how it's not been done well. Lane, you guys return a lot of uh, experience as linebacker. Uh, what are your expectations for Chance Campbell? Well, he's not here yet, so, um, you know, he'll be here in the summer, and, you know, we'll look at that then. Um, I do think that if you're going to be really good in college football nowadays, um, you got to have 
more players. You know, you got to be able to ro rotate and basically, you know, too deep at all positions. It used to just be defensive line, but now because of tempo and especially when you're a tempo team, like we were on offense, you play more plays on defense and you're back out there a lot quicker. So, you know, if we're able to develop, you know, too deep at all our positions where we feel really good about it, we'll be way better. So we don't have guys like last year playing 70, 80 snaps in a game. Where do you see Jake Springer fitting in? Yeah, Jake, you know, we got a close look at him um, on service team last year. Um, you know, he he's a really good player, um, knows for the ball. You know, we've played him at different spots, but, you know, he's a safety type, you know, that could, you know, play sub in your different personnels, nickel, dime, those type of things. Are there specific positions where you feel like the depth is actually going to make a difference this spring? Well, I mean, I know we have more bodies at certain positions because basically whatever – I don't have a percentage, but I'm going to say 90% of, you know, your roster returned, and then you added these mid-years. So, um, you know, that should – and, if, you know, a guy like Springer that was ineligible or Mark Robinson that was ineligible a year ago that were here but weren't allowed to play. So that should be better depth. I think that's going to be specifically um, on defense and, you know, with the back seven um, with, like we said, some – new players coming in there and that'll create competition and make everybody better hopefully how are you planning on handling the quarterback room this spring with john rice playing baseball and just kind of how close can he be to the team uh he was actually here this morning um early this morning and popped in um say hi in the quarterback meeting um his, you know we, we let the guys you know when they play two sports which i think is unusual um, we let the guys fully commit to the other sport um even though say they're on our tab or whatever if you put it from a scholarship standpoint it's just it's not fair otherwise to the player i think and um you know just to, to see him was able to, you know to go out to the game and see him this weekend is, is pretty neat for him um to be that competitive um you know even to be to make a team let alone be on the field you know in conference games you know just speaks to what a great athlete he is go back to neil Hey, Lane, about the quarterback position, kind of following up on that, obviously for Corral, this is the first time in his college career that he has any continuity with offensive coordinators and that kind of thing. Um, how much better can he be in this next season, or what do you try to get? What do you try to do with him in this spring to sort of help get him there? Well, not just, you know, his first time returning with a new system, but his first time having a spring with this system. So, you know, I'd like to think that would help. Um, I'd like to if we, think if we had that, he would have played better. And so, you know, now we do know some issues that have popped up, you know, having a season of playing with him. And so we're able to work on those, and, and hopefully he can take the next step. You know, from instead of being an elite college quarterback, whatever, you know, seven, eight of the ten games, you know, doing it all the time. And, and I guess it's obviously super early with Altmaier, but what have been your, you know, your early impressions with him from back before the bowl game to now? A uh, very natural thrower, um, very smart in the meetings. Um, but, you know, the ability to throw the ball, um, you know, I think, <clears throat> you know, there's too much probably credit given to coaching on that. You know, you see a guy throw in his natural release and stuff, and, you know, to me they either really good at it or they're not, and you ain't going to do a whole lot about it um, coaching. So it's good to see that he is natural and smooth and the ball, you know, comes off his hand really good. Lane, uh, when you have John Rice more, do you envision him more at receiver? Will you play him more there? 
We don't know that. Um, we're going to sit down with John, um, you know, after baseball um, and figure that out. So um, because he's not here, we haven't done that. So, you know, just like we tell the players, worry about what we can control, and, and that wouldn't matter now. So we'll have that discussion with him, figure out a plan, and then get that to you guys. Looks like uh, – I'm more what it looks like. Uh, it looks like you will. I uh, have uh, Otis Reese for an entire year. Uh, he was pretty productive for three games. What kind of impact do you think he could make for a year? Um, a lot. You know, a guy that could play a number of spots, you know, kind of has a frame that could almost play, you know, certain spots where outside linebackers play, you know, but he's, you know, a natural safety. So, um, again, we look to improve a lot on defense. And I think having spring period, you know, just is going to help that. Because I think as you look at a lot of the first-year defenses, you know, where the staff's new last year, you know, there's a lot of, you know, teams that didn't, you know, play to a production standpoint that I'm sure they wanted to. And I think that's missing spring. So just that alone should help, plus, plus the influence of, you know, new players or players like that that, you know, are eligible now. Lane, my audio screwed up the first part of this, so I apologize if this has been asked. But uh, you signed the number one, number two JUCO D tackles in the country. They're on campus. Uh, how have they kind of folded in the mix, and what are your expectations for them this spring? Um, I don't know about the ranking part. I didn't know that. That sounds pretty good, though. Um, but, you know, they're out there. Um, you know, in the first day, you're, you're just swimming, trying to line up. So um, that's why it's great to be here in the spring, you know, so they get the spring under because I think junior college kids, when they don't, and just come in the fall, really struggle to have, you know, really impact first year. So um, they both have shown on film to be talented players. Um, you know, that's why I recruited them. So we'll see. What was the motivation to open up the Saturday practices to the public and just kind of what do you think that gives the program to have fans there for those practices? Just want to be nice to you guys, you know. But you guys there, and it's been a rough year for everybody, so just trying to help you guys out. There's no other reason. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.